This is the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast brought to you by Art Wiederman, CPA with Ide Bailey. Whether it's taxes and investing or planning wisely, Art is the expert to make your dental practice profitable. At Ide Bailey, what inspires you inspires us. We provide a suite of accounting and advisory services dedicated to the total care of your practice. Visit our website to access our tools and resources tailored for dentists, idebailey.com slash dentist. That's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com slash dentist. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Art Wiederman, CPA, and Ide Bailey, LLP are not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information or opinions shared. If you have questions and or feedback, make sure to email Art over at awiederman at idebailey.com. That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. You can also give Art a call at 657-279-3243. Without further delay, here's your host, Dental CPA Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA. It's great to have you. Uh, On the podcast, thank you to the thousands of people that listen to us every single week. I get emails. uh, uh, I was at the California Dental Association convention uh, a couple weeks ago and had a lot of folks come by, say, we listen to the podcast. Thanks for all you've done. And and again, we we really, really are proud of the work uh, that we're doing. The, The CDA convention, I was so happy. So, so happy to see thousands of people at the convention. It was kind of like old times and see, get to see all my old friends. Uh, and, and that was so wonderful to see. So hopefully we're getting back to some sort of normalcy after the last two years of our lives. And uh, so with that said, uh, today is going to be a really, really good conversation um, you might have noticed that the investment markets are down a little bit this year. In fact, uh, we're going to be talking about the investment markets today with uh, Darren Pladson, who's a principal here at Ide Bailey and a senior wealth advisor. And uh, just just give you a frame of reference. Uh, this year through May 20th, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 13.97%. The NASDAQ is down 27.42%. The S&P is down 18.14%. In fact, the Dow has been down for eight straight weeks between mid-March and May 20th, which is the largest losing streak it's had since April of 1932. Now, should we all panic and go, you know, uh, hold our heads uh, in a a bowl of water? No. And that's what we're going to talk about today is what's going on in the financial markets? What do you need to know? And what long-term should you be doing? Um, So we'll get to uh, Darren in a moment. And um, first, I want to share with you that um, uh, please go uh, onto the website of our wonderful marketing partner, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, www.decisionsindentistry.com. The best clinical content of any dental magazine in the country. They have a great website with great articles, 140 continuing education courses for a very, very reasonable price. Um, We are a part of the Academy of Dental CPAs. In fact, I am a dental division director uh, at the CPA firm of Ide Bailey. I am located in Tustin, California. My guest today, Darren, is located in our our mothership's office in Fargo, North Dakota. Um, so, uh, I'm a, again, we work with about a thousand dentists in our firm, 300 in our office in, uh, uh, in, in Tustin. And we just had our Academy of Dental CPA meeting up in Napa the first time in two and a half years that we, um, we were able to get together and it was just amazing to see all my friends and talk about what was going on in dentistry and, uh, had some great speakers and, you know, just some wonderful stuff. And then to go to the CDA convention, I got to presented the CDA. That was really fun um, to a group of young dentists who are buying practices. And by the way, if any of you are going to be in Orlando, Florida for the National AGD meeting, Academy of General Dentistry meeting on July 28th, I will be speaking. Uh, You will see me dressed up. I dress up pretty well, my family tells me. And so uh, please come by the talk. We're talking about metrics of a dental practice and also 
financial planning, uh, come by, say hi, say you're a listener to the podcast. I'd love to, I, I'd love to see you. So anyway, uh, also, uh, our Academy of General Academy of Dental CPAs is www.adcpa.org. Be sure to check out our new I'd Bailey podcast, Ebb and Flow, a business podcast providing inspired insight on issues and trends the middle market faces. Hear unique business stories, get answers to frequently asked and unasked questions, and understand business topics that matter to you. Available now on your favorite podcast platform. Let me get to my my friend and my guest, uh, Darren Pladson. Darren is a principal and senior wealth advisor at I'd Bailey. Um, he joined the firm in 2007. He works with our clients. I'll let him tell you a little about um, about his history. And again, we're going to talk about the markets today. We're going to talk about what's going on. I mean, we got all kinds of stuff. We're talking about inflation. We're talking about interest rates. We're talking about supply chain. We're talking about foreign markets. We have a, a war going on in the Ukraine. All these things affect the financial markets. So with that said, Darren Pladson, welcome to the Art of Dental Finance and Management. Thanks, Art. Uh, great to be here. I really appreciate this. So you're a golfer, I hear. I, I try to hit the ball around. Um, you know, after just watching the PGA Championship, I wouldn't even qualify myself as a golfer. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, sometimes when somebody pulls the double bogey on the last hole, then I, I guess, <laughs> you know, I, I would probably love to have a double bogey on that last hole. It looked, looked pretty brutal. Yeah. <laughs> there are days I wish to have a double bogey on any hole, but... Um, <laughs> No, we could spend the whole time talking about golf, but um, uh, before we get started, folks, I do need to read a disclaimer if that is okay. Well, you don't have a choice. I have to read the disclaimer. So here goes. EB Financial Services offers investment advisory services through Ide Bailey Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through United Planners Financial Services, member of FINRA and SIPC. Eid Bailey Financial Services, LLC is the holding company of Eid Bailey Advisors, LLC, and EB Agency, LLC is wholly owned and operated under Eid Bailey, LLP. EB Financial Services and its subsidiaries are not affiliated with United Planners. This presentation is provided for information purposes only and should not be construed as individual investment advice, legal, or accounting advice. No representation is made today concerning the actual future performance of the market or economy. With that said, folks, um, and, <laughs> um, you know, the bottom line of today's presentation is we're going to be, you know, if you are looking for specific stocks or mutual funds or bonds to invest in that will not be happening on this conversation today with Darren, but we're going to get to be a lot of really good things to think about. So Darren, let's get started. Let's kind of talk about what, give us your 35,000 foot view of investments. Where, where, where are we right now? The current economic, there's a lot of stuff going on. Give us a 35,000 foot view of what's going on. Well, yeah, Art, and I mean, Obviously, a lot of things going on, you know, right now, and you touched a little bit on Ukraine. Obviously, the conflict over there um, is is pulling at this market. You know, the uncertainty with uh, maybe natural gas or any type of commodity, um, you know, Ukraine's a big ag country. So that, that potentially, we'll talk about inflation in a minute, but that'll put pressure on on maybe some of the food, um, food world along with Russia and, and, you know, their energy that they they distribute throughout the world. Um, so that that's one piece, you know, I think the China, Taiwan or China and potential Taiwan issue could be really interesting. And also with COVID hitting China again. Um, and then obviously we talk about inflation in the Fed and all these other things. We've got a pile on effect kind of going on right now. Um, when I take a step back um, and I've been in this business for over 20 years um, and I've kind of seen it in 01 and we definitely saw something in, in 07 and 08 with, with these bubbles I'm not really sensing that this is a bubble. I think this feels like an accumulation of news uh, that's piling on. And at the end of the day, people need to diversify their portfolio, proper allocation. I talk to my clients all the time about that and what that means uh, typically wins out. Now, we have short-term pain, and, and you kind of touched on it. Short-term pain from a long-term effect can be okay because it's giving you opportunity to buy into the markets. The problem 
that a lot of people have is their confidence level is so low because they're coming off a, you know, you read the numbers, getting beat up by 15 to 25% probably in their portfolio. It doesn't feel good right now. So my 30 foot, 35,000 foot vision is, hey, it's it's a lot of the same. It hurts. There's short-term pain right now, but long-term, we're going to be okay. And, and and Darren, a couple of things that I, I want to remind people, I obviously want your comments on this. At the end of the day, markets are based on the profits of companies, right? I yep. mean, if we, companies yeah. if companies make money, theoretically, their stock prices should go up. And if companies don't do as well, they should go down. I mean, um, you know, and 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 the stuff we've got going on, a lot of it is 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 emotional. Like, okay, so today, right now, again, this podcast is gonna um, is gonna get uh, published at, about two weeks from now. But today, um, which is what May twenty third, um, the the markets are up, and why are they up? Because I was reading this morning because um, there's issues with uh, China and tariffs this morning, right? I mean, there, there's stuff going on, and then. Um, because of the fact that 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 is going on, it, it had the markets go up. So markets go up for lots of reasons, but but isn't it true the fundamentals are really the value of stocks and yeah. the, and and the earnings of companies? Yeah, you know it's a really good point. We could probably go back. Matter of fact, I was listening to Jim Cramer probably three weeks ago, and he was reading a headline from the USA Today. Now the headline he was reading was actually from 2007 or 2005 or, or something like that. My point is. He pulled an old newspaper and the headline sounded identical. And, and that's kind of the point here. We, we jump on news every day um, when we call it noise a lot of times in our business. Um, and and what, you know, what difference does one day make? But going back to valuations, yeah, I mean, usually it's you know, a price to earnings. And, and whether you're, we have a whole business valuation group here at Ide Bailey and they've got a formula, whether it's based off of EBITDA or whatever, Sometimes it's cash flow. Sometimes it's just revenue uh, or, or uh, total uh, income that's generated. So there's always some sort of relative valuation. But yes, generally speaking, it's the more earnings you have, or the better your earnings and the better your forecast, it should push the stock higher. And we're, and we're seeing some of that maybe not happening right now as well. Now the the markets did really well last year, right? Talk a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah, um, S&P, I'll use rough numbers, S&P 500 was up about 26%. NASDAQ was up north of 20, 22%. Um, Dow Jones Industrial Average up about 18%. Um, the FANG stocks, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, um, as you hear a lot about, they were the driver. Uh, matter of fact, I think the top 10 stocks and the top 10 largest stocks, uh, companies, not by price, but by market cap, uh, market uh, valuation uh, drove, for the most part, the returns in a lot of the in the and the Nasdaq and the S and P 500. W- what is interesting, and we'll talk a little bit about this, is you look at the rest of the market because those five or six or eight or ten stocks have actually been the biggest underperformers year to date, and it, it, it'll maybe tell you a little bit about where to lean in your portfolio if if you're a trader. And again, I'm not not saying you should be, but there are some undervaluations in the market right now. And it might be in the smaller cap world, um, some names you haven't even really heard of. So um, so anyway, yeah, long-winded answer. But yes, if if companies have good earnings, in theory, valuation should go up. Yeah, before we get into some of the, because I want to, we're going to talk specifically about inflation and interest rates and supply chain. But I've always been of the opinion that, you know, we all love the market to go up. Everybody's happy when the markets go up. Everybody's happy when they go up. But it's not really healthy, is it, for markets to just go up? I mean, we've had a bull market for, what's it been, seven, eight years now? Right. Yeah. And, you're, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. And, and and so now we get to a point where the markets are going to adjust and everything. And I again, I, I talk to lots of people like you do in, in, in the investment world. Um, you know, but but basically, you know, it, it's actually healthy. There needs to be a pullback at some point, doesn't there? Yeah, you know, you look at, um, you know, we'll talk about PE ratios and all that is, is price divided by earnings, you know, pretty, pretty easy math. And if earnings, the E goes up in relation, the P should go up, you know, similarly, right? Doesn't always happen, but very simplistically. And if you, um, if, if you look at uh, historically what, what has gone on, you, 
there are times that we go through uh, these natural pullbacks, and and that's what we're seeing right now. And 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 again, right now from a valuation uh, standpoint, we were at some something north of seventeen and a half, eighteen as a PE ratio. Today we're under sixteen and a half, which is about our twenty-five year average. So we're coming down to normalcy again. These pullbacks, they don't feel good, but they're they're just a normal part of uh, of a market, you know. And if you're a young investor. It's a great time, like I said earlier, to to think about putting money into this market. And, and remember that there are, you know, th- there's there's billions, maybe trillions of dollars that maybe are now sitting on the sideline. And smart people like Darren are looking at this as saying, you know, we're down 15, 20, 25 percent in some of these markets. Now's an opportunity if you're investing in the long term. And, and again, folks. If you're someone who's trying to time this market, or you're trying to get the highs, you know, you never invest, uh, try and invest at the lowest point or sell at the highest point, you're just not going to be able to do it. There's just way too many variables. But so, so, and, and again, we're not going, again, very, very clear, folks. We are not giving any recommendations. But are there any sectors of the market that are just interesting that just kind of you want to talk about? You know, I I think from a valuation again, I'm I, I'm going to throw this word out there quite a bit, uh, but from a valuation and and think of this, if you're a, if you're an investor like a guy named Warren Buffett, hopefully everybody's heard of him. I've Warren, heard. Warren, yeah, he he is a deep value investor. Um, I think the biggest tech name he owns is a company called Apple, right? <laughs> um, and and I, I we could make the argument that Apple might be a utility, okay? Um, but, but if, if you think of, from a valuation standpoint, you, you want to look at undervalued. So if, if, if you look at a, a sector that has a lower than normal or a lower than average PE, healthcare could be one right now. I, I believe the, the PE, the forward PE is lower than it's 25 year average, um, <clears throat> utilities kind of boring areas. Uh, but, but those are the ones that they might have the best value, um, going forward. And again, I'm not giving advice. I'm just saying kind of unique sectors right now where, where people might want to look, you know, right now tech seems still a little overvalued. Um, you know, uh, consumer uh, discretionary seems a little bit overvalued. Uh, so anyway, without giving a lot of advice, but look, just look relative to history or historical averages, and that'll give you kind of a good guideline. All right, let's get into some of the, some of the meat of this, Darren, let's start. I mean, obviously Inflation has been 1%, 0%, 2% for as long as I can remember. And now inflation is running in eight, at an annualized rate. I believe the last number I saw was 8.4, 8.5%. Um, you know, markets don't like inflation because inflation raises the costs, which cuts into corporate earnings, which cuts the values of stocks. But talk, talk about that. What is inflation? What is this inflation that's been going on? Um, you know, I, I, I love when they say on the national news, the average price of gas is $4 and 30 cents. There's this place that I live in called California where it's $6 and 40 cents. Maybe they got their four and their six mixed up, but how does, what's happening with inflation? How does that uh, affect the markets? Yeah. Um, you know, it's top and top front and center, right. With everybody right now. Um, I'll give you a couple of stats here. 50 year, the headline CPA average is 4%. Okay, the trailing 50 years. Okay. Uh, March, we, we posted at 8.6. April came down a little bit to 8.2. Um, there, are, there are different parts to inflation. So, so let, me, let me continue on this and I'll get to the different parts. So e- e- essentially it hurts every American, right? <clears throat> and it hurts every corporation as well. So when you tie inflation, uh, say, to the stock market um, and, and are you hit on it where Companies have to adjust for increasing costs as well from a supply chain standpoint and fuel, which is, you know, you think of every company, there's a fuel cost and whatever, pretty much every company and what they're doing. Um, and that's just one part of inflation and how it's measured. So the long-term effects and, and the, the, it ends up costing us as consumers more money now. Um, and I won't get into the consumer too much because uh, the consumer seems to be extremely wealthy still. But what I will say about inflation, there's, the, the way the, uh, the Fed measures it, there's actually six um, areas. I'll jump through them real quick. Uh, energy, new and used vehicles, uh, food. There's something called other, which are kind of like 
home goods, home decor, stuff like that. And then you get into restaurants, hotels, and then shelter. Um, there's a word that's getting thrown out there about transitory. When, what does that mean? And that means um, how permanent will it stick or not? And transitory means it wouldn't be necessarily permanent. So energy, as an example, and we've, you know, I, I live in North Dakota and Art, you mentioned, you know, $6.40, I pay $4.09. So energy is, is per gallon of gas is definitely a transitory where the prices of fuel, um, gasoline especially can go up and down, right? And we've seen it over the last couple of years uh, right. where it was very low and now we're, we're, we're feeling it. Um, new and used vehicles, very transitory or could be. We're starting to see like used vehicle inventory start starting to go up. And it could be because of this whole inflation in other areas starting to um, maybe ease the used vehicle market. Um, food at home, same thing. I would say this is going to be a little bit more permanent, especially with what's going on in the Ukraine right now. Uh, but either way, I think the point being is inflation's here. The Fed, and we'll talk about the Fed here in a bit, yeah. um, you know, their job, they really have two mandates. One is unemployment and one is to control unemployment and two is to control inflation. And they've probably been behind the curve a little bit. So <clears throat> hopefully we see this continue to come down and um, kind of go from there. But either way, it, it, it's affecting every American. Yeah. And, and so let, let's get to interest rates, because rem, remember, folks, and I'm going to let Darren kind of explain what the Fed funds rate means. And you've heard that there are interest rate increases. Uh, we've had, I think, two this year. There's probably going to be a couple more. Um, uh, you know, my big joke was that, you know, the you say, well, who controls interest rates? Well, there was a guy named Alan Greenspan, and he carries a briefcase. And and the briefcase has got a bunch of buttons, and that's how he controls it. I mean, that was my big joke. But it is the Fed that sets the policy and, and, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and interest rates have been very, very low for a long time. And now suddenly a home mortgage is 5%. Um, so talk about what the Fed does. What does it mean? How do interest rates affect all this? Yeah. So uh, the the Federal Reserve is run by a guy named Jay Paul, not Alan Greenspan anymore. No, I, that was that was and that's that that was long ago. I know that. <laughs> um, He's long gone. Yeah, and and what the Fed does is they control what's called the the Fed fund Fed fund rate, which is just overnight lending, really between banks to bank, bank to bank. Okay, um, and so if Bank X needs funds because they have a big borrowing project, big construction project. They'll borrow from their local bank down the road, hypothetically, uh, for a certain rate that the Fed basically tells them. Um, the current Fed funds rate is, now they do a range, it's 0.75 to 1%. There's a lot of talk that the Fed will increase another 50, possibly 75 basis points um, come June. Okay, And then there's there's uh, additional talks as the year goes on. July, they won't have a meeting. Um, and then August, September, kind of to be continued. And the reason they would do that is going back to inflation, um, is trying to curb inflation and really trying to break, bring inflation down. Now, um, I, th I think what's really interesting about this is um, it will hurt. Another area that will hurt potential business, right? Because if you look at what a lot of businesses have, they'll have floating lines of credit or floating rates. Any type of floating rate is instantly going to go up. The good news is your money market, personal money market, um, and CD rates will also go up. Usually what happens to our short-term uh, fixed income vehicles will follow what the Fed's doing. So anything from, from a three-month maturity out to a year and a half or two month will typically move the same direction as far as yields are concerned up closer to what the Fed's doing. When you get out to like <clears throat> the five, eight-year, out to 30-year treasuries, my belief is you get more of a supply demand push and pull, um, which this gets into a yield curve, which I won't bore you with. Uh, but, you know, it, 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 that could maybe wreak some havoc going forward as well. But at the end of the day, the Fed, always remember this, the Fed is increasing rates because they believe the economy and companies are on solid ground. And that's really at the gist of this, that, and they probably Think, thinking they're probably thinking, hey, if we get a really bad recession, we need a little room to be able to lower rates as well. Uh, but but that is the gist of it. 
We also have to remember that people have been on the sidelines on spending money for the better part of two years. And there are people that have accumulated money. And I'm even reading that people are spending money and starting to put money on credit cards again because, you know, people are going to live their lives. They've been kind of shackled for for two years. And that's that's good news for the economy. I want to talk about the supply chain. And then I want to get into kind of some discussion with you, Darren, about how a dentist ages 30, 40, 50, 60 should be thinking about, you know, their investing and structuring portfolios on, on, a, on a high level. But talk a little bit about the supply chain issues. I mean, that's a, I mean, when did you ever think that Amazon was going to show a loss? Well, you think about Amazon and again, we're not giving advice here, but Amazon has, you know, supply chains. They got to get their goods to sell to the public and how many of you every single day, we see two, three, four, five Amazon trucks riding around. Those are big trucks and gas guzzlers and gas prices have gone up. So, you know, um, so supply, talk about supply chain a little bit. Yeah, well, I, th- I think, you know, quite frankly, um, you know, this, I think it all ties back to inflation as well. You know, I mean, we, we've been talking about supply chain issues probably for, you know, 12 months, right? <clears throat> and then, um, and it, it's coming out of COVID let's say hypothetically, if we ever really have. And then now we're back, you know, over in China, they've, they've got another outbreak and they shut down certain big cities, you know? So at the end of the day, I I think, you know, we've become so reliant on, on certain parts of the world, China being probably the biggest one, as far as importers of their goods that, you know, it it hurts. And therefore it's one more kind of piece to this puzzle of inflation kind of hitting us right now. So, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate. you know, and then, then I think this even flows into, in our own country, we have a worker shortage, you know, where unemployment is 3.8%, um, whether you're in California or New York or anywhere in between, and, and these cargoes are coming in, um, it's hard to find drivers and hard to get that out on the road and, or, or the, the rail or wherever it's going. So, um, yeah, we, we've, we've still got that hurdle. And the, de- and the dentist number one challenge, we all know this, is finding employees and folks. The CPA firm's number one challenge is finding good employees. It's it, it, it's not just you; it's everybody now. So I want to take a take a second, Darren. Talk a little bit about what you do um, for your clients, and if somebody has a question about the markets um, or anything regarding investing, uh, how they can get a hold of you. Sure. Um, so our group uh, we're actually spread throughout the country. Um, I'm in, uh, like Art said, I'm in Fargo, North Dakota. I'll, I'll throw my phone number out there. It's 701-476-8767. And my email is dpladson, that's D-P-L-A-D-S-O-N, at com, And that's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y. Um, and I can definitely get you in, in line with the right person. I, I think the key art uh, that we do and we really focus on <clears throat> is financial planning. And it's how we start every relationship with any um, any new prospect or client. And we believe we can't give any advice until we have a good financial plan and a good good idea of what our clients have um, and, and what their risk tolerance is. And we got to get to know our client at a really, really deep level. So we think we're, we think, we know uh, we're pretty good at it. Um, and that's where we start. And then from that point, the way we invest is a little different. Um, we are factor-driven investors, um, and it, or it's really academic-driven, and um, we build portfolios based off of factors. And all a factor is, I won't bore you too much with this art, um, it's a source of premium. And again, you could just about imagine back to academics, uh, people that have done won Nobel Prizes, um, and, and we, we really focus on their history and how they what they believe, and it's turned into our philosophy and, and our beliefs as well. So kind of boring, uh, but yet we're trying to really put the kind of um, the advantage to our investors. We're not home run hitters. Uh, we're going to, you know, if I can use a baseball analogy, we're going to, we're going to make sure you're aligned with, with your goals. Yeah, exactly. So I want to get, I want to spend the rest of our time together, Darren, talking about kind of different places where a dentist might be. Let's start off with a doctor. Doctor, you know, most dentists graduate dental school somewhere in the area of 25 to 28 years old. Obviously, there are dentists who go to school later in life, but but most folks, they go out, you know, they leave college, then they go to dental school. Maybe they go and do a general practice residency. Maybe they go to specialty, but somewhere, let's call it 25 to 30 years old, they graduate and they get started. 
So what advice do you have for somebody who's just starting out? I mean, as far as investing, again, we're not giving specific investment advice. We're just saying structure-wise. I've got maybe, let's say I have a dentist who's got ten dollars or $20,000 and they want to start investing. They've saved some money. They're real proud of themselves. What do you tell somebody like that? Or you're going to hear the same, a lot of the same, just so I don't yeah, bore you. That's fine. So, so first and foremost, find a financial advisor that you you want to work with that understands financial planning, okay? Because that will, I think, drive a lot of your decision making. We know um, historically, a lot of those people will come out with a lot of debt, right? So, right. so that's where you know whether it's debt management or starting to invest or anything like that. I think it's so important to really start with a plan. How am I going to pay this debt off? Um, you know, the next step will be buying a practice, right? At some point, and and that's going to cost more money, and that's where you work with guys like you are that yep. can help them cash flow and all that good stuff, and and figure out all the co- true costs. Uh, but from an investing standpoint, I think, you know, the key is, you know, <clears throat> and there's a lot of talk about pay yourself first. Okay, well, that can mean you start a retirement plan, and you you fully, if you can max that out, along with paying servicing your current student loans and other debts, uh, definitely do that. That's the basic for the younger group. Um, that's where you always want to start. But again, first and foremost, got a plan. You got to make some sort of plan and set some sort of goals. I could not agree more. And folks, if you have, and, and I don't care if you do it with Darren or if you do it with some other company, you need to find a competent advisor. Okay. You doctors have a plan for your patients. You look into their mouth, they come in for an initial exam and you say, okay, here's where you're at today. Here's where we want to get you. We want to get your gums healthy. We want to get you uh, straight, you know, maybe straighten your teeth, do some uh, orthodontics or Invisalign or something like that. We want to, maybe you need some implants. You're going to lay out a plan for your patients. Well, Someone like Darren or anybody else who does what Darren does um, is going to lay out a plan. And, you know, (laughs) until you have a roadmap of where you're going, you know, you're going nowhere. And so let's talk about a long-term retirement. Um, You know, my doctors, they maybe now we're getting into their 40s. And I understand we got to have the plan. But from a long-term investment standpoint, um, you know, are we looking at when you invest money for people? Uh, do you rebalance their portfolios? How often do you make changes? How do you, if I'm a client, I come to you and I say, Hey, I like what I'm hearing. I got, you know, I've got a quarter of a million dollars in my retirement plan and I understand we're going to lay out a plan, but how do you manage that money? How do you make, decide how to make changes? You don't just put it in one place and leave it there for 20 years. Right. Right. Yeah. And our, you know, one thing I want to go back to about the investing part for the 30 to 45 year olds, they have time and the ability to take on more risk, okay? So I just wanna clarify that. So as an example, again, depending on your your financial plan, probably a good idea for the younger people to take on more stock exposure. When you get into your 45 to 60 age um, type gap, same thing, we're gonna still plan because now maybe it's college education planning, bigger homes, uh, but the saving for retirement, and all those will fit into the financial plan as well, uh, but saving for retirement now now is probably a point where your student loans are paid off. You might have some other debts that are out there, but you know that your income is is good and healthy, right? <clears throat> and so that is where you can start looking at cash balance plans, um, whatever it is uh, that but but same thing where you know you still have a lot of time and you still can be probably heavily in the stock market, you know, despite the last five months now that we're we're going into this terrible market. Um, Long term, the S&P 500 averages about a 10% rate of return. Doesn't mean you want to be all there, but you still want to, you want to diversify between stocks and bonds, obviously. So, um, and again, I want to be clear, and Darren, let's make this, because I think this is an important point. People are seeing the markets are getting hit right now. They've done, we talked about, you know, 15 to 25% in most of the indices, um, and, and we don't want people to panic, right, Darren? They, if you're investing and it's retirement money, that's long term. That's 10, 20, 30 years. And these markets are going to go up and they are going to go down. And if you don't, if you watch it every day and you see the Dow goes down to the 
couple of days ago back last week, it went down 1100 point. If you can't handle that, maybe you shouldn't be investing in the market. I don't know. Talk about kind of how people should be looking on a long-term basis. Yeah. You know, and I, I say this uh, to, to my clients all the time. We're, we're going to give you an allocation, 60, 40, 80, 20. I think that's the most important part to investing. <clears throat> the tools that are in it, the investments, those are really secondary because I think everybody's got a risk tolerance that we have to have to figure out. And if if a client, I, especially now, I ask my clients, are you sleeping okay? And if you're not sleeping okay, we need to make changes because that that's really, I mean, you get back to your mental health and all this other stuff and, and, and you know, that people are, they're drugged down right now, not just because of the stock market coming out of COVID, um, inflation's driving them up a wall, but at the end of the day, your, your money that you're saving, your allocation's the key. And as you get older and you get closer to retirement, then we tweak it down. Once we know you have enough money, we don't need to take big risks anymore. Right. Um, now, here's another disclaimer I'll throw out there. Please do. Art, we threw out early on what the stock market has done this year. What a lot of people don't know is how bad the bond market has been this year. Okay, uh, that, talk about that. Yeah, aggregate bond market, um, I think it was actually through Friday, is down 9.5%. So we don't, we haven't even really had a safe haven this year. The only thing that has really made us money is the commodity world. And the commodity world, the trailing 10-year return has been little or nothing, you know? So, but this goes back to what I talked about way early on, diversify your holdings. You know, we want stocks, we want bonds, we need commodities, we need some cash. Um, so you, you need to really be diversified. And, and it, I think that's the hardest part for us as financial advisors talking to our clients. And in that 60-40 in 2008, we were a little protected, quite frankly, because of our bond portion in our portfolio. Um, stock market was still down 35-40%, but at least we got something for our fixed income uh, portfolio. Same thing when COVID hit, uh, the bond market actually performed okay. Uh, we're not getting that right now. That I think that's the hardest part of this market right now. We're just not getting any protection from the bond market. Well, and, and, and what a good financial advisor is going to do is they're going to be doing a lot of reading and a lot of research and basically, you know, on a long-term basis. If you're looking for, I need a 20% return this year because I want to buy this house, that's not really what most financial advisors are are about. And, you know, just just, it's so important. And I want to drill this home to everybody listening today is, Darren is absolutely right. You've got to have a plan, not just for your investments, but what type of insurance do you have? How are you going to put your kids through college? Uh, having an estate plan, um, and, and, you know, retirement plans are important because, again, you guys work really hard and what you do is very physically demanding. Uh, my biggest physical demand is the fact that I have arthritis in my fingers because I've been typing for 45 years. You guys have back and neck and shoulder, and, and, and this is a real issue that you have to deal with as a dentist. And you want to get to the point that when you're, you know, 50, 55, 60 years old, that you don't have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. And, and that's where a good financial plan is going to help you out. And, and please just promise me from listening to this podcast today. And again, it, it be with Darren or anybody else you work with, put a financial plan together, monitor it. How often Darren, do you like uh, to have your clients revisit their financial plans? You know, we, we do for sure once a year. Um, a lot of times it can be up to four times a year. A lot of it depends on the client and what they have going on in their life and if there's any big changes. Um, and that that's a, you know, I'll lead myself into the old, my own uh, kind of layup here. But yeah, if you have any big life changes, you definitely want to run them, run them by your financial advisor and and just keep them in the loop. You want to prevent any, major catastrophe and, and you talk to your CPA and your financial advisor and, and if there's any any big changes on the horizon, you definitely want to reach out to people. And, and and folks, I also want you to remember that start saving early. That I, I have Darren, I have this thing that I talk about in my lectures and uh you know it's called Arts Golden Rules. Okay. One of them is get into the habit of saving money. Credit card debt is the devil, folks. I don't even have to ask Darren his opinion about that. Uh, I mean, I, I've told you on this podcast before, 
20, 25 years, I have set up my personal situation where I have a, I don't think I have more than 10,000 or 15,000 hour limit on my credit cards. Um, and I pay, they automatically pay off. They automatically take the money on the 20th of the month and they pay it off because I don't want to deal with credit card debt. You don't want to deal with credit card debt. If you've got to put stuff on credit cards, you're living beyond your means. And it means you need a financial plan. And, and it, it might also be that you're afraid to go to a financial planner because they're going to tell you what you don't want to hear. But I guarantee you, if you do something like this and plan uh, in all areas of your financial life, you will absolutely be thankful for it when the time comes that you do want to retire. And that's just so, so important. Hey, Darren, I want to jump back to something else in, in stocks. We hear value stock, growth stock. Can you explain, you know, uh, for our listeners, what is the difference and how do you evaluate value and growth stocks? Yeah. So, you know, think of value and, and there's a lot of different definitions of value. I mean, at one time, I think when I first started in the business, it was um, kind of the old staples, right? It would be a 3M and and maybe a Walmart and stuff like IBM. Uh, those are all considered a value. Now, now a value, a true value in the world of factors is really um, something that's underpriced relative to something else or undervalued relatively relative to, say, growth. Um, so, uh, you know, growthy companies uh, would be, you know, something that they have the, a larger potential to outperform, but they also have a larger potential to fail as well. Value would be just truly, you know, if I if I just told you, Art, that, um, oh, the average PE and the S&P 500 for the largest 500 companies was 16.5, and, and I've got this bucket that we're trading at 13. And, and it could be Apple, and it could be 3M, and it could be... Um, Oh, XL Energy or some power company. Those would be undervalued relative to, say, uh, Amazon or Netflix or something else with the higher PE. That's how we look at value. That's how Warren Buffett looks at value. And again, he's looking at PE ratios, price to cash flow. He's we're all looking at different factors, not just PE, uh, um, price to sales, even. I mean, so there's different factors you can look at. And it'll it'll kind of kick out what the true value and 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 it can move. You can move from a growth company to a value, um, and vice versa. So, um, yeah. And I, I'm not suggesting that you know <laughs> I don't know what the markets are going to do. We're certainly not going to predict them. But the good news is, at some point, the supply chain situation is going to work itself out. At some point, the baby formula situation is going to work itself out. At some point. Um, we're hopeful that what the Fed and the um, you know the, the economic uh, advisors are doing in Washington, they know there's inflation, uh, there's political pressure because you know <laughs> um, the, there's political pressure to to have a good economy because if you are in office and your economy is not good, that's not good for you getting reelected. So they all know all of this and they're 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 looking at 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 all of this and stuff, and um, so. These markets go up and they go down and there have been wars and there have been inflation. And so again, the, I think Darren, the, the, the real point here is don't panic, right? Yeah, for sure. And it, you know, I, I'm sounding like a broken record here, but one, do a, get a financial plan going. If you don't already, uh, to meet with your financial advisor planner, um, and, and three, yeah, definitely don't panic. I mean, our job right now, we as financial advisors, I joke with with the people that I work with all the time, we're, we're essentially counselors right now. We're on the phone, we're holding hands, making sure people don't make terrible mistakes right now because that and it happens all the time. Um, and 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 you got to stay in your seat. And you just again, if you like your allocation going up, you got to like it on the way down. And that means you're sixty forty or you're ninety ten or or fifty fifty wherever you're at. You just have to understand that and, and look back at your overall rate of return over the last five years. You're still up, right? And that's that's a good thing. The short-term pain, it's here. and uh, But yeah, you got to stay in your seat. So let's talk for a second about, I mean, there's different types of financial advisors out there. And, and again, folks, I want to be clear. I've said this many times on this program. Everybody who provides a service, whether you're buying something at Target or you're 
buying CPA services from Idebelly or, or you're investing with them. Everybody gets paid. People get paid in different ways. So what are the different types of financial advisors that are out there? Now, you you are a, uh, you guys uh, get paid based on a percentage of money under management. Is that generally how it works? Yeah, we're, we're actually called a hybrid. Um, okay. And all that, all that means is we have commissionable products, um, which is a very, very, very small percent of our business. Uh, but then the majority is a, we're an RIA, Registered Investment Advisor. Um, and that means we are fee, um, fee for service. So we charge actually under assets under management, which is very, very common in the world today. Um, at the big wirehouses, the Merrill Lynch's, UBS, they do a fair amount of that. Majority of their business is that way. Um, and even the independence, it seems like that is kind of a trend um, that's taken place for sure over the last 10 years. Um, as a matter of fact, it's, it, it puts us um, as a fiduciary. So we are now, we have to do what's in, our, in the best interest of our clients at all times under the RA world, which I'm hoping every advisor is doing that, whether they're commissioned or not. Uh, but anyway, it, it, uh, um, that's how we, we do it. And it, it tell you what, between the SEC and FINRA um, and the DOL, it seems like over the last 10 years, there's more and more publications coming out stating that is the best because it's full disclosure. People know I pay 1% on my assets or whatever it is, or or one and a half percent, whatever somebody's charging them. So that's how we're set up. Yeah. And I'll tell you another thing, Darren, that I, I look at with people. So as a tax advisor, I can give, you know, we always say, you know, there's black, there's white, and there's gray, right? Um, white, we can take a position on a tax return all day long. Black, we do not go down that road because that's illegal. Gray, we talk about. Now, with an investment advisor, a couple of things I want to point out. Number one, if you hire an investment advisor and the first month or two your money goes down, you don't change investment advisors. How long should you be given as an investment advisor to? I mean, how long do you think a client should give you? I mean, markets go up, markets go down. It takes time to get investments in. What do you tell people? Well, I'm probably not going to give you the right answer, Art, but I, I think <laughs> for, forever, right? I mean, I, right. I think, you know, it, it's kind of like your CPA. If you've, if you've got a good relationship with your CPA and you trust them, right. tell, me, tell me why you would change, right? Other than maybe right. cost or you made a bad error or something like that. I'd say the same thing with a financial advisor too. I mean, if you trust your financial advisor and you're making good inroads, the markets are going to do what the markets are going to do. We are completely out of control. My hope is that financial advisors putting you in prudent investments, low cost that, you know, we're, they are forecasting a rate of return. And even though the last five months have been negative, it's definitely not a reason to change financial, financial advisors. If you're not talking to them, and or they're not calling you or returning your calls, you know, just simple things in life that, okay, they don't really want your business or they don't care for your business then. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say just change after five months. No, definitely not. No, no. You've got to give someone a chance. And at the, at the end of the day, are you getting good advice? Do they care about you? Are they looking at what your goals are? Not just okay, well, uh, our company has these three recommended investments and that's what we put everybody into. Um, and then, you know, I get people who come, dentists who come to me and you guys say, oh, well, my my buddy went and invested in this company and they do futures and options and he's done really, really well. And I go, oh no, please don't tell me. I don't want to hear that. But it, it, it's, again, it's really based on your, in it, Darren, it's based on the individual or the husband and wife's goals, family's goals. I mean, you know, if I got three kids getting ready to go to Stanford, um, <laughs> I'm going to be in a different position than if all my kids are going into the service or community college or, or what have you. And if I'm in my, you know, family's home that, um, uh, that I'm not leaving and I'm not going to be building or buying a new home. I mean, it, it's all based on what you got going on in your life, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it goes back to financial planning. All, yeah. all those. It, it all comes back to this. Sorry, yeah, guys. And, it's all coming back to this. Yeah. And, and if we got a plan for three kids to, at Stanford, we got, we got to, we put that in the plan, right. And we yeah. can forecast the costs and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, it, 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 uh, and, and that's a great thing about a, a financial plan, right? Everybody's life is changing. 
all the time, sometimes fast, sometimes not as fast. And, and that's where, again, this goes back to, you need to talk to your financial advisor about the changes that are going on in your life and, uh, and they'll help you through it. Can, can you give our listeners any kind of advice as, you know, the, the, a lot of our dentists, I mean, it's funny, some of them are just really into this stuff. They, they manage their own money. They're reading Morningstar. They're reading publications. They watch Jim Cramer. Jim Cramer is very entertaining and, you know, and stuff like that. Um, and, and they're, they're really trying to educate, but a lot of our clients, I mean, over the years I get Darren, people send me, it's funny. They send me 12 investment statements for each account and they're in envelopes that are totally unopened. It means that they've never looked at it and they, they don't want to look at it. They're scared to look at it. They don't understand it. People tend to stay away from things that they don't understand. So is there anything that you can give our listeners, maybe some, some tools, some things if you want to start learning about investing and, and what you're doing, anything they can read that you like, any TV shows or, or things that you like? Well, here, here's my philosophy on investing. To be a successful, we'll say do-it-yourselfer, okay? Even a professional uh, investor. One, you, you set out rules. And two is you never break your rules. And, and I, I joke again with the group that I work with that, you know, there are all different ways to invest and we believe ours is the best, but I know that there's, you know, hundreds of others and they all work 60 to 65% of the time. So the, that's my unaudited. Um, but the guys to get to be in that 60 to 65% of the time, don't break the rules. So rule number one, set your rules. Rule number two, don't ever break them. And, and that gets back to whether you're trading commodities or options or you're a deep value investor. Set your rules. That's if you're a do-it-yourselfer. Obviously, like what to read, read Forbes, read um, Kiplinger's if you really want to spend your time doing that. Everybody on this call, a doctor of dentistry um, or more, um, you probably don't have the time, right? And that's where you hire somebody to hopefully do your financial, get your financial plan uh, lined up and all that. Um, I, I will say that it's not hard to build a portfolio. It's hard when we have five months of this and you, you don't have anybody to lean on. And this is when you're doing it. You're on your own, by the way. Um, that's where people will make terrible mistakes if they don't have a financial advisor um, or they bought Tesla 1200 uh, book after the <laughs> stock split and it's at 650 today, they make a bad decision. And, and so anyway, kind of, kind of getting long winded on that, but you know, I, I think the other thing too, I'll say I, I have CNBC on every day. Okay. Right now it's muted. Um, the one thing I can tell you that I'm really good at, I can sift through because they're going to have one bear and one bull, you know, every half hour, right? In the next half hour, they'll have one bear and one bull. Um, I can sift through, I think very, I'm very good at it, who I want to listen to and who I don't want to listen to. Cause there's a lot of, again, I call it noise, uh, out there and they're all given their opinions and some, you know, everybody's right eventually, right? The bears are right eventually. Um, and the bulls are right eventually too. So, um, just be careful, you know, be careful what you're listening to. That's if you're a do it yourself or, but, but are there some questions that clients should ask their clients? I mean, you should always question why, why are we invested this way? And, and I think that's a good thing to ask, isn't it, Darren? I mean, For sure. you know, you, nobody's going to care more about your mind. I mean, your financial advisor, if you have a good one, is going to care a lot about your money. But you have to care too, and it's it, it's really important uh, uh, about that and to to do that. And I I think yep. that we've made the whole point of today, and we're going to put a bow on this here in a second about about why it's important to have a plan and why it's important you know to watch what's going on and read. And, and you're right. Don't believe everybody who is is you know you, you know you, you could watch ten people on uh, CNBC like you say, and five of them are going to say. We're going into a bear market. I guess the definition of bear market is a twenty percent reduction in the major indices, right? And uh, but you got other people that say, "Well, here's a great opportunity to invest because the it, it's down." So just uh, you know, like like your patients do with you, they trust you to make sure that you're going to take the best care of their teeth and their oral health. Uh, it's the same with a financial advisor. I think we hit all the food groups here, Darren. Let's finish this off by saying, you know, what are you telling your clients right now? It's May of 2022. We got all the stuff that's been going on that we've talked about the last hour. 
what are when you're when you meet with your client, what are you telling what are you saying to them for the most part about where this thing is going? We're not asking for a specific, okay, what should I invest in? But what are you telling your clients right now? You know, Art, the, the first thing we do, we pull up their financial plan. And we've already we've already looked at it, right? But when yep. we go into a meeting, um, and if if something major has happened, we probably haven't done a good job of financial planning because we can we can hold on to a twenty percent pullback, right? Um, so one is we're going to walk through the financial plan and we're going to show them we're still going to succeed, right? And here's why we're forecasting this as a rate of return. Um, that that is the first thing, and I think. Um, I think that's what everybody on this call should always ask their their advisor. Are we are we still okay? Right? We know this is a short term, or we think this is a short term pullback. Um, secondly, I think you know from an investment standpoint, I, I've said this a number of times, and 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 I'll I'll really try to clarify it here. To me, it's about your allocation. Um, I can I can show you X Y Z A B C. LMN, all these different funds that look very, very similar, and they will be very, very similar. And they're all going to give you probably within a, a very, if they're all large cap growth, let's say, um, type mutual funds or, or exchange traded funds, they're all going to give you a very similar return. I would never chase a return. I think that is one of the the, the things clients make terrible decisions with um, is they'll chase, they'll, again, they'll hear from their buddy or they'll pull up Forbes and and that's, you know, one of the downfalls, it's already history by the time it hits the press. Uh, but anyway, the, my point being is, you know, <clears throat> go through your, go through your plan. Uh, the other thing I would ask, you know, make sure you understand your fees and how you're paying and how much you're paying, uh, because that could be maybe a deterrent in returns too. So, um, so yeah, that, I, I think I'm talking about that with my clients. I'm also asking them if they're sleeping. Okay. I quite frankly, I do, think we are like one or two trigger points away from this market turning really, really quick. Um, and that could be a surprise with inflation. It could be, a, you know, our, our earnings have been great, quite frankly. You know, I think it was 70, 71% of the S&P companies that have reported have exceeded. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm still as bad as this, been, this has been. I'm, I'm still sitting here going, we got to be close to capitulation here. And I, again, I'm not a market timer. I just, I know that I've, I've seen these before. I sense that it's going to turn one of these days, maybe today. Um, but, but who knows? So kind of a, well, again, the, end a of the day, it, 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 what it really comes down to is markets are valued based on the earnings of companies. We understand we have all this other stuff floating on our heads, but the fundamentals of earnings, price earning ratio, it's what companies earn. Companies that make money will be valued better than companies that don't make money as a general rule. So these are the things that you lean on your financial advisor. Darren, this has been great. I mean, th this is just wonderful. I mean, uh, just helping our doctors because, you know, they're out, some of them are out there and it just kind of never, never land, meaning not that they don't know what they're doing. They don't know who to turn to. So, this information is really helpful. One more time, give out your contact information. And if you'd be so kind as I take the program out to just kind of stay with me, but give out your contact information, how people get a hold of you if they have a question about, you know, anything regarding the world of financial planning or investments. Sure. Uh, thanks, Art, too. This has been great. Uh, so it's Darren Platson, D-A-R-E-N-P-L-A-D-S-O-N. My email is D. Platson, D-P-L-A-D-S-O-N at idbailey.com, E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. And my phone number, uh, if you want to call, 701-476-8767. Oh, that, that's great, Darren. So like I say, hang out with me for a second. Thank you so much, Darren Platson, Principal and Senior Wealth Advisor at, uh, at Ide Bailey. A lot of really great information and um you know this is going to come out in early june so if the markets do something like radically different please don't hold us personally responsible <laughs> if you know what i mean uh again folks take a please take a look at our marketing partner decisions in dentistry magazine www.decisionsindentistry.com wonderful clinical content and 140 uh great ce courses uh that you can buy for a very very reasonable price um, if you're looking for a dental-specific CPA, uh, we at Ide Bailey work with a 1,000 dentists. 
Uh, and in my office in Southern California, we're you know, about 300 and growing. We've, we've had a lot of wonderful, wonderful doctors who've called us and we've helped a lot of people. Um, we've also gotten over 100 doctors, uh, over $4 million in the employee retention tax credit. If you haven't uh, looked into that, give me a call and talk about that. Um, and again, our Academy of Dental CPAs, uh, www.adcpa.org. Uh, 25 CPA firms across the country that represent over 10,000 dentists. It's, it's kind of crazy. Well, I learned a lot. I learned when I talk to great people like Darren, uh, every single time I do this podcast, it's kind of like an encyclopedia on financial planning. But folks, the bottom line as we take this out today is pay attention, make a plan. You have to make a plan. If you just kind of go through your life and spend money and then the kids go to college and then you're going to buy a new house and then you're going to move and maybe you buy insurance and it's not a coordinated plan, you're not going to get to where you want to be and you're not going to meet your goals. You really need to do that. So with that said, I'm very excited about the future podcasts we have coming up. we got a lot of great topics. Please continue to listen. Please continue to tell your friends about the podcast. Write us a review, hopefully a good one. And with that said, my name is Art Wiederman. I'm a dental division director at the CPA firm of Ide Bailey. And on behalf of my podcast, The Art of Dental Finance and Management, that's it for today. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Art of Dental Finance and Management Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. The Art of Dental Finance and Management Podcast is produced by Ide Bailey in partnership with Art Wiederman, CPA, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, and the Academy of Dental CPAs. For audience questions and feedback, email Art Wiederman, awiederman at idebailey.com. That's A W I E D E R M A N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. Or you may call Art at 657-279-3243.